Welcome to the Full Minded with Elisabetta podcast, where my mission is to normalize the human experience. I believe there's power in authenticity and building a community immersed in it. I plan on bringing you on an in-depth and transparent journey of my life through solo episodes. I will also be interviewing a range of individuals who are willing to share their unique stories. On this podcast, we will dive into topics such as mental health, heartbreak, loss, change, trauma, self-love, and every other topic that makes up the human experience. While I do my very best to provide you insight and knowledge on these subject matters, this podcast is not a substitute for professional help. I am not a licensed therapist. I am simply a human sharing my experiences with the intent to help people feel less alone. If you are suffering, please consult with a licensed professional. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy the episode. On today's episode of Full Minded with Elisabetta, I interview one of my dear friends, Dan Edwards. For those of you that don't know Dan, Dan is an amazing individual who has faced so many challenges in his life, and he's just, he's such a beautiful example of turning pain into power. It's truly inspiring. I know he inspires so many people, his whole community, his following, myself included. I'm honored to have him be my very first guest on today's podcast. Dan is actually a co-host on his own podcast called Coffin Over Comfort Zone. Fabulous podcast. Definitely check it out. 10 out of 10 recommend. And today we dive into picking up the pieces after loss or change. We went into this podcast blind. We had no script. We were just like, fuck it. Let's wing it. We both had questions prepared for one another that we read to each other for the first time on the podcast and answered. So it was just very authentic, very genuine. We had a lot of good banter, a lot of back and forth. He's such an insightful person. I, I, I truly can't wait to listen to the podcast again. I know we just finished recording it, but I can't wait to listen to it. Um, it was it was truly an honor, and I can't wait to have him back for more episodes. So we hope you enjoy listening to this podcast as much as we enjoyed making it. This is a great podcast to listen to if you are enduring some type of loss or change in your life right now and you need some motivation or you need some tools to help get you through it. And just to, it's just going to help you feel less isolated as well. I think the biggest thing we talk about this in the podcast is having community and having a network of people that we can rely on and listen to and be inspired by that doesn't make us feel so alone. So we definitely believe this podcast episode will do that for you. Enjoy. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Full Minded with Elisabetta. I am your host, Alyssa, and today I have a very, very special guest with me. His name is Dan Edwards. Dan, welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. You're my very first guest ever. Hey, I like it. I like it. Honestly, so uh, uh, you know, it's, it's been a... Uh, some time in the works, you know what I mean? Like just, you know, setting yeah. it up and everything. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm always, I'm always glad for, I'm always glad for conversation, especially with people that want to have, you know, conversation too. So it's, uh, it's always. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's you too. So yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. You love me and I love you. You're great. I've looked up to you for a while now. So I feel honored that you agreed to come on this podcast and <clears throat> thank you. Talk about you. all the nitty gritty of life. Thank you. So, you know how it's um uh it's been a minute since I've been on the mics because you know Dan and I have been you know taking some time from our from our own podcast. So it's uh so so if I'm rusty, 
just let me know. See, so like Dan, you know, you're you don't have your flow. You got to work on it. Hey, no, all, no judgment. You're the first guest. Uh, do you want to kind of explain to everybody what? Because this was your idea. This topic, actually, I'm going to give you full credit for that. Uh, what we're going to dive into today. <laughs> well, because like even from our last conversations that we've had, I've um, when we were throwing out ideas and stuff like that. Um, what was it loss, change, and grief? Is that what you know? Mm-hmm. Just you know, yeah. th- those those are what it's all about. You know, um, even from the conversation Truly. when you were on our cast, um, those are the kind of things that um, that that's the human experience. Yes. Like that's 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 what the human experience is about. That's where it forms from. Um, that's what we take into. Uh, that's what we take from one relationship to another relationship and not, I'm not talking <clears throat> intimate relationship, but just any type of relationship. Um, right. You know, person you see on the street, person you work with, uh, person you live with, uh, no matter who they are, um, loss is surrounding that. There's grief that comes from whatever relationship that you had before, even just physically moving to from a place to a place, right? Like not even necessarily yeah. the people, but the, the place itself, your comfort level there and your experiences that came along with it, right? So um, change is constantly happening. Um, that is something, what did I, I think I learned that maybe like five, four years ago. No, no. Yeah, it's probably four years ago. Um, on a cellular level, like every seven years, your cells are different from the ones that were here the seven years prior to that. Did you know that? I did like actually. You, you shed. So it's like on a cellular level, you're changing. We're always changing. You're always yes. changing. So to deny that, to refute that, to uh, be reluctant towards that, to be resistant towards that, it is, that goes against everything it means to be human. Absolutely. And Dan and I have actually got some questions for each other that we don't know what the questions are. We haven't (laughs) revealed them yet. So they could be anything. (laughs) Um, anything. (laughs) But I do want to ask you, since we're talking about change right now in depth, would you say you have an accepting or a hostile attitude towards change? accepting or hostile attitude. Um, you know, I, I don't want, I want to give clear cut answers to some things cause I want to be more deliberate. Uh, that's actually mm-hmm. one of the things that I'm working on with myself over the last couple of years. Uh, but for this question in particular, I want to say it's a bit of both. And the reason why I say that is because at the beginning, when you are experiencing some form of change, right? Um, or when, no, no, when I've experienced some form of change, um, I have been, I haven't always been welcoming to that change. I have all, I, I haven't always <clears throat> looked at that change as something that, you know, I want to be a part of or something that I'm accepting right off the bat. Now I've cultivated a mindset that I can understand why things are changing and why things are necessary that they change. So I haven't always, I haven't always been the way that I am now when it comes to change. Um, and it also can depend on the degree of which, uh, you know, of what the scenario is. Like, 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 let's say we're talking about, um, let's go back as far as uh, my spinal cord injury, right? So, you know, for obviously for your listeners who don't know, 
Um, I'm a C5, C6 quadriplegic. I've been in, a, I've been paralyzed from the neck down since uh, 2000, in August of 2006. And so, um, but you know, I'm at the point now where I live on my own, blah, blah, blah. But at the time when that happened, that was something that um, I was very hostile towards. Um, that may not have been the case uh, for people looking from the outside, um, you know, because you know, social media, actually social media was just getting started when I had my accident. But um, uh, I saw, I guess, like newspaper articles and what people heard from word of mouth through other people, uh, like, oh, Dan's in high spirits, you know, Dan's this, Dan's great, Dan's inspiring, Dan's great. Yeah, no, let's be real. Dan, are we allowed to swear on this? Oh, fuck yeah. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Have you met me? I know, I know, oh. I know you, but I didn't know for a second. I was like, is Alyssa, oh my God. is she going to downplay herself throughout Oh my God, sec? no, no. This whole, oh my God, this whole <laughs> podcast is about normalizing the human experience and my human experiences. <laughs> fucking shit fuck so oh my god <laughs> please please swear. Okay, i remember so. asking that on your podcast too, you did, you i did, always you ask did. that when i'm a guest because i uh, i'm a fucking sailor right so i'm just like well, can i why, be <laughs> well that's why i remember how you were when before we started recording and then you actually kind of switched <laughs> up a little bit but then you got back into it and i was like okay, yes <laughs> i was like polite i was like oh thank you for having me yeah, yeah. and then i was to like start you were but then it's like eventually <laughs> okay oh, there she is okay i can i can <laughs> switch it up actually i had to do um i was speaking <clears throat> on a panel for mental health right and it was for a religious th- event and i was Ooh, so yeah. scared because i was like yeah. i am just Constantly. very to some people and but actually looking back at the recording i feel like i blacked out that whole time because i was just so nervous about saying the f word fair which is fair yeah Yeah. but i didn't i didn't at all and i just seemed so proper and i was like wow okay i can really reel it in when i'm trying Mm -hmm. anyway long answer yeah so yeah long answer yeah so what i was saying was yeah like so from everyone outside looking in they saw this you know you know incredible inspiring person blah 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 but for me and also the people that maybe were closer to me like dan's a fucking mess like dan's uh dan's a disaster like he is trying but he's not doing well but like to everyone else it was like hey he's he's oh man he's killing it he's so good he's got this great attitude about it Um, and so, um, my relationship with change is, is definitely one of more accepting of, uh, of of acceptance. It is now. Um, Mm -hmm. but that isn't, that isn't to say that it was a switch, like a transactional moment that said, Hey, I am now like this when it comes to change. I am now like, and I don't think, um, I'm really having a hard time thinking anything in life is transactional, right? Like there's some things sure. I think that are, if I think about it long enough, um, uh, probably by the end of this conversation, I'll come up with some examples that things are because I know we're human and we do have conditions when it comes to relationships, but when it comes to acceptance specifically, um, it's not transactional. It is a process. It is a gradual, yes. gradual process. So, uh, for example, when I wake up in the morning and I see my wheelchair, right? It's the first thing I see. It's next to my bed. I have, there are some days, now some days it's easier than other. I don't have to repeat this every morning, but some days I do have to repeat to myself, this is my circumstance. These are my circumstances. This chair is part of my circumstances. And that is part of my acceptance process 
to accept that this is where I'm at. Because some people will say, oh, he's fully accepted that he's in a wheelchair. No, I'm not. I haven't. Right. I, and I don't know if I've said this before to you, but um, I don't, when I dream and I fall asleep, I'm not in a wheelchair. Like in my dreams. Yeah. No, you never dr- told me that. Yeah. My dreams, I don't, I'm not in a chair. And if I am sitting down, quote unquote, you know, sitting down, for mm-hmm. a period of time in the dream, I stand up eventually. Like I, I'm never always sitting in a dream. I'm standing, I'm running, I'm flying at some points, I'm swimming. I'm but like walking is something I regularly do when I fall asleep when I dream. And so to wake up from that and to see the wheelchair, it's not as intense and as difficult as it used to be, because this is gonna throw you for one. When I was originally when I originally had my accident, those first like two weeks when three, maybe probably about three, three weeks, I would, I was like addicted to sleeping. I wanted to sleep so bad because every time I woke up, I was paralyzed or I couldn't move. Right. So when I would go to sleep, I would just, this is what I thought was the life that I was living. This is what I thought was normal. My normal was when I was sleeping. And then when I would wake up, this is abnormal. And then I'd go back. So it it was very, very challenging in the beginning. And so I've had to remind myself verbally, say this out loud, that these are my circumstances. This is my circumstance today. And it doesn't have to be the same by the end of the day. But this is how this day is going to begin. And how do we want it to end? Well, that decides on the mindset that we bring to this day. That decide that depends on, um, um, like the the mindset, the outlook, um, you know, how we handle the things that come. So it's just like we said, you know, it's ever going. It's it's constant, but um, yeah. So definitely not as hostile as it used to be, but uh, yeah, it's it's a process. It's a continuous process. Oh, I like that question. I do. Thank you. Absolutely. And going back to the sleep thing, I think in a lot of cases of loss or great heartbreak, sleep is the best escape. I know when I go through a breakup, I I go to bed so early, like Mm -hmm. seven, I'm talking 7 p.m., 8 p.m. Like as soon as I start Mm -hmm. to feel some sort of sadness, I'm just like, you know what, fuck this. And there's that peace that comes with sleeping and you know, your heart is kind of resting for that time. Your heart and your brain are resting and they don't feel the pain as intensely until you wake up. And there's even that moment, you know, right before you're fully conscious in the morning where you're just still living in dream world and, you know, your subconscious is running it and then it kind of hits you. And so I think that's, that's relative to a lot of losses. I think a lot of people would be able to connect with that. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And it's, um, and one of the things that, um, like I said, you know, I was addicted to it. Just so, because it just, it's so natural. It's something yeah. the body needs too. And then like, it's so easy to just, to want that. Cause you're just, you know, you're right here. Oh, so much peace when you're sleeping. Um, One of the things that I wanted to say to you when I got on here, uh, this isn't one of my questions, but uh, because you had mentioned to me about your previous relationship and that it ended, mm-hmm. um, I did want to ask you, about what is it like to go through something, uh, I want to use the word traumatic publicly. Like what is it go what is it like to go through something, go through like hardship publicly? Because, and the reason I asked this is because when I had my accident, I didn't have a choice. It was all public. I was still in the hospital and everyone found out about the worst 
moment in my life. Everyone was talking about it well before I actually got to engage or I didn't get to initiate the conversation about what was going on in my life and how bad it was. Everyone was just out there talking about it well before I even said a word about anything. So I was just wondering, like, when you, because I know you like to post things um, on your social media, you're very active on it. Uh, some people aren't as active with the relationships as others are, blah, blah, blah. But with this relationship specifically, what was it like to go through that hardship? Uh, so I guess that change part, but what was it like to go through it publicly? That's actually a really good question. And it's not really one that I've touched on. I feel like I've been very selective and intentional with what I share with the public after mm-hmm. this relationship had ended. And the relationship dynamic was very unique you know, we had a long distance relationship. We actually talk about the whole relationship before I even meet him on your podcast. If you wanted mm-hmm. to hear the before the scenes, you can go to Dan's podcast. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Often over comfort zone. And now we're looking at picking up the pieces after the relationship ended. That's kind of a full circle moment, hey? Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was pretty brutal, I'll be honest with you. Mm. It was amazing to be in a relationship and have it be so public because there was that level of support from people I didn't know that were cheering us on. It was so beautiful. I remember when we first met, I had hundreds of people following me just, you know, watching to to see how this all unraveled. Mm-hmm. But I would say that was single-handedly the most painful part of it as well, because I had people I didn't even know DMing me, asking me what happened before I even posted the blog about the breakup, because I did blog about the breakup solely because I wanted I wanted to be transparent with my followers, but I also wanted the message to stop. And I felt like if I posted, I don't even know if I've admitted that to myself, but mm. I felt like if I posted something, you know, just letting everybody know, it was just, I wouldn't be getting all these DMs all the time. What happened? Explain it right. to me where, you know, cause people were recognizing that the pictures had been deleted before I had even dropped that blog. So I was getting yeah. messages about it that it just felt super invasive, even though I totally know that these people meant well, and they're just used Some to do. it. They're used yeah. To, yeah. 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 Yep. That's fair. You yep. know, they were used to this level of authenticity that I was providing them with throughout the entire relationship. Of course they had a right to expect that I was going to explain to them what happened. And I never did actually share the story of what happened. And I don't think I am going to. Oh, you don't have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, yeah. No. And I know you're not asking that. I'm just, you know, kind of reflecting on everything, but just because there are two people involved and I'd have to explain so many levels of it, right? It's not just one thing. It's a whole, I'd have to explain the entire dynamic of the relationship. I'd have to explain everything for it to make sense to people. Oh my God. Can I I interject for a second? See, when it comes to people asking like what happened in your relationship with someone, whether it's public or not, like even just Mm -hmm. people that, you know, you you know, within your neighborhood or whatever, your social group, when they ask you this question, I am always hesitant to talk about it in its entirety because there's so many layers of it that you have to actually give to a person in order for them to understand your scope where you're coming from the decisions that were made within the relationship or why it was terminated because like there are people that have asked me about some of my relationships that you know not every specific detail were public but like yeah eventually you get to that point where you know some pictures are start missing or some pictures Mm -hmm. are lacking different seasons come up it's christmas you're not posting and then it's like hey what's what's hey is something going on blah 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 and then i've legitimately had to be very reluctant to saying certain things because 
I didn't know what their scope was. I didn't know what they were comfortable or sharing with anybody else. And then, right. so it, it's, it, oh my goodness. So I just, yeah, that, I totally understand what you're saying when it comes mm-hmm. to, there's two people here involved. Like this is a real, this was a relationship or it is a relationship. It's just, it, the dynamic's different. Like it's, yeah. just, it, it, it's, it's so, you can't just automatically be like, yeah, I'm just going to throw all my shit about this relationship at you without giving you the entirely other side of this coin that you know exists. Absolutely. And I just, I didn't want to be disrespectful towards him mm. in any way. I remember yeah. my dad reading the blog and I mean, the people that are very close to me know what went down. They know exactly what happened. Yep. And my dad was like, that was very well written. You could have said a lot of things. You could have oh, yeah. said a lot of things that, you know, were true and you didn't and you, you know, protected him in that and you protected you in that. And that was very commendable because uh, I just didn't feel like those details needed to be shared on the, absolutely. On the Can world I, wide web. <laughs> absolutely. Can I, so one of the things that I had written down, actually I didn't write this. I just took it. I took a screenshot of, um, cause when you told me about the breakup, and then uh, I was like, oh, I haven't really been on social media with my one account or whatever, right? So I hadn't seen it. Um, yeah. I went back and I read and I took a screenshot of this one part of that that you had said. And this is my favorite part. And this is what I wanted to... This isn't a question. I just wanted to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you said was, <clears throat> uh, however, what I will say is this, healthy relationships can end and that's okay. You can outgrow people you love. There doesn't need to be constant fighting to know that your paths no longer align. There's wisdom in knowing when you are no longer gaining what you need from the relationship. Relationships ending are never easy. Emotions tend to come in waves after the relationship ends. Grief of what could have been sinks in. It can be a roller coaster of emotions to say the least. My favorite part about this is the simplicity and there's wisdom in knowing that you're no longer gaining from what you need from a relationship. And like, yeah, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish so much that part of our upbringing as kids was like highlighting how challenging this is just for just just people in general. Like, I wish we could have understood this at a younger age. I wish we didn't have to get to like the point where we're in our late twenties and, you know, thirties. And for some people don't even understand this until, you know, they're in their fifties. And it's like, I wish we could have gotten the knowledge and the wisdom about this and made this normal. Like this, I wish this, I wish that was, you know, the part of the human experience to, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) No, absolutely. And I think that was such a big lesson learned for me because in my prior relationships, it had been, you know, quite turmoilic and there had been really big and bad reasons why it needed to end. You know, there was fighting and there was this or, you know, there was like not a level of loyalty that was required, you know, in order to date me, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. this relationship was very, you know, we had hit our ceiling with each other and that yeah. there was no more room to grow together yeah. and the same direction we wanted to at least. So it was very, I don't want to say the breakup was super cordial because I, I wouldn't say that, but it was very, it was healthy. It was very matter of fact. It was very clean cut. There was, you know, there's been no communication since. It's just, mm. it was very necessary. And I I struggled with that 
in my therapy session, I was like, I don't understand. You know, I understand why this is ending, but it doesn't feel like it's bad so that it should end. And my therapist taught me that exact post, you know, that I was sharing is that it doesn't need to be turmoilic and abusive and terrible. And there doesn't need to be wow. screaming and fighting yeah. for things to end. It's okay. You know, there's so many people that come in and out of our lives. It's 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 impossible for all of them to Seriously. be a forever relationship. It's okay for it to have only been, you know, it was a beautiful year and seven months that we shared together. We learned a lot about each other. We learned a lot. We healed a lot. You know, we made, there was a lot of love there. But it doesn't mean that either of us are a failure and it doesn't mean that yeah. we as a whole are a failure. It just means, you know, that was a it, time. It's not for nothing. And that's exactly. one thing that like people, yes. uh, that's it's a not common wasted. thing. Exactly. That's it right there. Yeah. People, people say, say so I wasted so many years. Yeah. X no, amount of years. Yep. No. Yeah. Oh, I don't man. think that's a healthy way of looking at it because, you know, whether you hate them in that moment or not, or it is cordial, it, you still learned a lot and you still gained a lot, whether yes. the experiences that you recognize, okay, this is not the love I want forever, or this is the love I want forever. You still learn things and you still chose to be with them. You still love them to a certain degree in order to be in that relationship. So yeah, looking at it as, as wasted time is it's, that's a waste of time. And that's, that's important because when you do that, it's like, you're starting to like taking shots at yourself and like your self-worth. It's like, you know, oh, I'm this because I took all this time to do that. And this was all for nothing. And then, and then you start like, you start impeding or hindering yourself for like the next relationship, whether it's an intimate one or romantic one, or even just a friendship that you build with the next person that you meet. It's like, you start doubting everything about yourself. And it's just this constant shame that you perpetuate on yourself just because you think and you've convinced yourself that oh, that six years or four years or eight months or whatever was a waste of time. It's like, what? Was it? No, absolutely. And that's only Mm -hmm. something that I've just recently come to learn. I feel like I always, you know, either took all the blame or placed all the blame. I'd split on them and think they were all good or all bad and split on myself even. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be able to process, compartmentalize even that, it's okay for it to end. It doesn't mean that anybody's not worthy and being broken up with is hard too. Um, in past when I have been broken up with by somebody versus me doing the breaking up. Okay. Yeah. I see. I feel like that's tricky. Yeah. One of my friends just called me yesterday and they had been broken up with, and we had this long conversation about how that it always seems to feel worse, you know, than versus like a mutual decision to break up or versus you being the one to break up. Even if that's the direction it needs to go in, it always feels worse somehow because there's that level of rejection that you feel and you're like, I'm not good enough. I'm not, this person's letting me go. So obviously there's something wrong with me when that's not the case at all. That person just could be maybe more in tune with what's happening. They could be an avoidant. They could be self-sabotaging. It could, it could be healthy or it could be not healthy. So mm-hmm. to take, you know, whatever somebody's doing and, and own it as your own is, is not something I'd recommend, you know? Absolutely. And, and to the, to the point of the person doing the breaking up, the breaker, upper, oh my goodness, I'm losing it. The breaker um, upper. The breaker upper. There. There's a period in relationships, okay? And I want you to speak to this. There's Because what I guess I'm talking about in its entirety is anticipatory grief. Um, Have you heard of that? Or anticipatory loss. Have you heard of that? I haven't, but I feel like I could name exactly what it is. You've definitely experienced it. So so within a relationship, what it essentially 
there's a period where, um, let's say, for example, one of my past relationships, we were together for like three and a half, four years or something, right? And the last year of the relationship, I essentially had checked out. Like I had essentially decided in my mind, I'm no longer into this. I don't like this. Um, how do I get out of this? How am I going to process what this looks like afterwards? It's this right. all of this anticipation of the loss while you're still in it. Like you're still in the relationship, but you're anticipating its loss. This is a type of grief that people deal with. And it's one that like, I don't hear enough about. And it's not just simply about, um, you know, lost, you know, romantic relationships, but even, you know, when you have some, a loved one, uh, for example, like fighting through cancer, right. And you know, mm -hmm. they're going to die inevitably, you know, you know, the doctor or whatever said, Hey, you've got four months to live. And it's like for those four months, it's the constant anticipation, anticipation of this loss and like the person is still with you. So it's like you're grieving as they're still literally right with you right there in that yeah. moment. And it is so challenging to navigate, but like it's something now not as, you know, I don't want to say as extreme, but not as, you know, as heavy as, you know, losing someone to cancer, but like within those, within the relationship dynamic, the romantic relationship dynamic, do you understand, like, have you experienced Absolutely. That, exa yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a good one because you're right. It's not really talked about enough. And I think there's definitely been in past relationships where I'm sitting there on the couch with them or in bed and I'm just like, this is going to end. This yeah. is going to end and this is going to hurt like a bitch. And I think... I think we all feel that to a certain yes. degree, unless yes. you're completely blindsided by the breakup or it comes out of nowhere, which can happen because that just happened in my last relationship. That was a very like, we just decided last minute kind of, okay, this isn't working. But a lot of relationships for me, I've felt that, mm -hmm. you know, that kind mm -hmm. of fear and that grief prior to it even happening. And they say a lot too that, well, they say, I don't know, scientifically, more women are prone to do this, right? So that's why women heal differently after the breakup versus men or all of that. I feel like I just seen a video the other day of a girl talking about how she got over her five-year relationship in two months, but she was checked out, you know, exactly. a year in advance. She was, exactly. she was already, she'd already grieved majority of the relationship ending before it even ended. Exactly. <laughs> and that's one of the things it's like, it's and again, I don't know the science about about it either, but you can't deny that there's got to be a component where the anticipatory loss of it, that phase, that grieving process has already begun while you're still in the relationship. So when she ends it or he ends it or whoever ends it, and they find someone, you know, a month later or two months later, or not to say that finding another person means you're, you know, you've you've completed the process. But right. your your outlook on life, it, it, some people are seamlessly like, or it's some people seem, oh, she doesn't seem like she's feeling that at all, or he seems like he's moved on quite well. It's because they've been grieving for the last like X amount of months and years while yeah. actually being in it. Absolutely. I mean, I do think some people rebound in a way to. And for different reasons, for maybe not having to been healed. Yeah, yeah, to cope. That's yeah. a big coping one. But mm -hmm. no, I, I totally know what you mean. That was a good one, Dan. 
Yeah, that's yeah. That was another. Yeah. <laughs> See, my that's the thing is like my questions for you aren't really questions. <laughs> there are things you love and admire about me. I love it. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, yeah. The things are like I can guess that you know you've experienced and stuff like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Like, uh, do you want me to hit you with another one? Do you want me to hit you? Yeah. With um, you know, one of the things that uh, I think we've we've talked about this um before, but um, I like highlighting this because I think it's an important one to talk about. <laughs> Which is, um, you know, what are your methods of self-care? Like, what does self-care for Alyssa, Betta, what does that look like? Oh, that's a good one, too. Mm. My self-care methods. Yeah. Definitely top of the list, without a doubt, therapy. Mm -hmm. I would not be here today, for Mm -hmm. sure, without all the therapists that I've gone to in my lifetime. Um, Exercise. Exercise is a big one. If I'm not moving, I kind of get into like a dark spiral. It's interesting because I'm actually in the, like the heightenedness of struggling (laughs) with my mental health. I've been pretty good for the last couple months. I feel like I handled that breakup like a champ, Mm -hmm. but you know, we're in a slower season for the business. We're about to get back into markets for the year, but with it having been so slow, there's so much silence. There's so much you know, solitude Mm. that I've experienced. And on one hand, I can say I'm loving it and I'm listening to podcasts and I'm going to the gym and I'm going on walks for myself. But this last week has really kicked me in the ass and I am severely suffering with imposter syndrome. Okay. And I would say depression Mm -hmm. is just, you know, I haven't left my bed for a couple of days, which isn't even something that I've shared publicly on social media yet because if you follow me you know I'm just very open with my followers I Mm -hmm. think it's important to normalize not being okay but it's just not even something I've been able to to write out yet or talk about to get there yeah uh so so I'm literally speaking about what I'm doing this week to try and get myself through what were you gonna say I love it no no I love it and I, I wanted to touch on what you said about um you know uh you mentioned like uh, things have been, you know, with uh, with your business right now, it's like, it's like calm, it's like quiet, it's like very still. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that um, uh, you had mentioned about, you know, it's um, uh, emotions tend to come in waves. And then, you know, you got me thinking about this roller coaster of emotions and stuff like that. But one of the things when it comes to stillness, right, and like silence, is it's very reflective. So imagine if, and then in in the there. in the spirit of picking up in the spirit of picking up the pieces, um, if the pieces of your life right were at the bottom of like a pool, and once the water becomes still, then it's reflective. You can now just see Ooh. them, and it's hard to look at those pieces. Like, but you still have to pick up the damn pieces. Like you still got to go in the water and go get those pieces. But because the water is still, you can see them clearly. And that's challenging because it takes stillness. It takes silence. It takes quiet and calm to actually see those pieces, to see those things within yourself. That's why there's like an exercise that... um that people can do where you like stare at your partner and stuff like that. Or like, even you can do it to a mirror, right? Like I like, you know, do it. And like, you just look at yourself and you don't say anything. 
don't, 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 don't like highlight on certain features of yourself. Or even if you're looking at a person, just stare into their eyes. And what is so daunting about it is that someone is seeing you, someone's looking at you and that's terrifying because that's, <laughs> that's the, ultimately, true. that's ultimately the thing we want in relationships. That's ultimately we want right. as human beings. We want to be seen. We want right. someone to see us and we want to be seen for being just, just us, just to mm -hmm. be accepted as us. But that's also the thing that we fear the most, which is Absolutely. showing another person, this is who we are. And when you can find someone who can see that and accept that and just, uh, you know, deal with that, manage that, uh, comfort that, console that, love that, say yes to that, um, greet that, you know, everything with that person that they see, it's like, oh my God, like that's, and, and that's the thing that like I crave about connection. And I'm not saying I get that from literally every single person that I meet, but that is the thing that I am constantly seeking with, with interactions with people is just simply to be seen, but that takes time. Like, you know what I mean? That does take time. Um, but, um, but I love that you said that about, you know, the whole stillness of things and, you know, the way you're at right now, you know, your mental health hasn't, you know, you've been struggling with it. And mm -hmm. that's, as you kept talking, that's what I kept thinking about is just that calm water and those pieces at the bottom I that, love that, you, analogy. that you've got to look at. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. <laughs> um, and so true. And I feel like, you know, the last couple months, I feel like my head has been above the water and I've been so good and I've been accepting all these things. And because radical acceptance is huge. It's one one key thing that I've learned in, in therapy to, to mm -hmm. radically accept your, your situation, your environment and what's happening right now is the quickest yes. way through it. Because yep. by living in, oh, what could have been and what did I do or what I could have done is this, is this, and this, you, you torment yourself and you constantly live in that state and you don't go forward. And I think that is why I healed so quickly from this breakup because I was like, this is what's happening we had a beautiful love it lasted this long that's as long as we're supposed to be in each other's lives what is my next opportunity mm -hmm. and that's what i birthed the idea of starting this podcast i'm like i have time to do a, a passion project now i have the silence and i have the time to do it um yeah. but yeah this last week after you know sitting in so much stillness mm -hmm. There's a level of fear that comes with looking yeah. at the pieces of your life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> as so peaceful and as amazing as it was for, I feel like, the first half, this last week has really got me like, holy fuck, an imposter unnerving. syndrome. It's unnerving. <laughs> oh, man. We could do a whole episode on imposter syndrome alone because uh, having mental illness and being a business owner is is such an interesting <laughs> mindfuck. Mm. It's such a mm -hmm. beautiful but challenging thing. And you know, there's so many days where I don't feel like a boss, babe. I'm like, can I even do this? Like, is this even worth it? Like, what am I doing? Like, because because you never really know what you're doing when you're running a business. <laughs> every day you're like, what the fuck? You, you know a little bit more every day, but you still don't know what you're doing mm -hmm. as a whole. You may have a vision, but if you've never done it before and you're just kind of walking into it blind, right? So there are moments where I just, I have meetings and I wing it and I, and, and it works. But it's, it, you just don't really know, right? So Absolutely. It, it's such a learning experience. It's a hands-on oh, experience. Sure. Like running a business. Sure. Like I, I took marketing, business marketing in school. But like when you actually start to actively try to put the pieces together of a business, to run it, to, you know, from the ground up and stuff like that, to, you know, put your own money, you know, into things. Mm -hmm. And like it's like, yo, like this is, you can read as much as you want, but until you actually 
fail at it here, you yeah. know, succeed over here and then fail some more over there and then fail four more times over there, but then, yeah. you know, succeed over. It's like, that's when you actually, you know, learn. That's when you actually yeah. learn it. And it's, it's, it's very unsettling sometimes. It's very and unsettling. Absolutely. And success as beautiful as it is, there comes with that level of fear. Am I going to lose it all? Like there, mm-hmm. it's just that human way of thinking of, okay, this is beautiful. Kind of like when you're in a relationship and you're like, what if it ends? <laughs> you just oh, think worst case scenario, <laughs> you just fixate on that. Yeah. And that's kind of, yeah, this, the state that I've been stuck in with my own mental, but I had, I wanted to share this with you. Yeah. Yeah. I had a call from somebody that I am friends with yesterday and we hadn't spoken in a while and they called to share what they're going through right now. And it's really dark and it's really fucked up and it's really sad. And I was crying on the conversation. I didn't let them know I was crying because I needed to be strong for them. But Uh, in that, they said, I know we haven't talked in a long time, but because you advocate for mental health, I figured you, it was okay to call you. And I was like, Oh my God, God, yes. And it was like in that moment, I was like, of course you're on the right path, Alyssa. Of course you're doing this. This person didn't like, you know, is struggling with the will to live and they felt like they could call you. This is your calling. This is what you're supposed to be doing. This is beautiful. And it was such a moment where it shifted me from, can I do this? Am I worth it? Am I going to succeed to, I don't have a fucking choice. This is the path I'm on and this is what I'm called to do. And I'm fucking doing it. Because there needs to be, yeah, there needs to be this voice. There needs to be people normalizing the human experience. Like what I'm doing with this podcast too. It's, it's so human to feel these things. And it still, it blows my mind that mental health is as stigmatized as it is, even for how advanced Canada is, because it's, you can, you can have everything in the world. You can have all the money in the world, all the riches, the most, you know, amazing partner you can Mm -hmm. ask for, show everything. But if you don't have your mental, you cannot even fathom what you've got. It is, it needs to be prioritized over anything. Mental health is everything because you can lose it all very quickly by not even being able to understand and, you know, fully comprehend what you've got in front of you. It's, it's crucial. It's literally crucial. Absolutely. Like the mind itself, like the brain doesn't stop developing until we're like 25. And when, you know, a child is walking and, you know, trying to figure out how to just physically, physically do physical things on its own. Right. It stops like those developmental, that, that developmental, like physical developmental stage ends like well before 25, like well before 25. And your mind is still figuring out how to develop. And so when you don't take care of the mind long enough, man, like what, what do you, what, what did you think was going to happen by the time you reach yeah. 30 or 35? You know what I mean? Like, you know, we hear the term midlife crisis and it's something that, you know, you know, you grew up hearing and like wondering like, is, am I, is this it? Am I hitting this thing? Is <laughs> it? And now it's like, wait, we, we've been underprepared for this this makes sense why we're like this at this absolutely the the hell is this why'd you throw me into this fire man like i it's it's, again it's like society hasn't still actually i shouldn't say all society i think western society hasn't figured out that like you've got to properly take care of what's going on between the ears and one of the main things that i think we ignore is um the network that people have like your friend reached out to you 
because they felt that you are someone who talks about this sort of thing often. And guess what, Alyssa? The same thing happens to me. I have people in my DMs that reach out that I haven't spoken to in years and stuff. And some, Mm -hmm. some, some of them are, some of them can be my close friends, but we've never had these kind of conversations before. But because they know this is the kind of stuff I post, this is the kind of stuff I talk about, they know that that's where an outlet is. It's like when you're in a house, right? And you're looking out, you just move into a new apartment, right? And so what are the first things you do? Well, you're like, okay, should I put the the TV there? I can put a table there with the lamp there. But then you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, wait, but then it's too far from that outlet and I don't have enough outlets. Or when even when people are building houses, they put these outlets, sockets all over the room so that they have enough of them. Guess what? You got to do the same thing in life. You got to know where your outlets are. You got to know where to plug into when you need that power, when you need that juice. And when you don't know where your networks are, then you're stuck in a situation where you got the couch on the other side of the room. You got to plug in your iPhone to the other side of the room. And now you're just uncomfortable on the couch (laughs) trying to read this lax text message that like someone sent to you, but your phone died when it was happening. Bro, it it becomes a mess. But the point is, is you got to know where your network is. And your friend, she knew... Uh, sorry, they knew. I don't know if you know, they knew, but yeah. they knew. They knew where their outlet was. They knew where yeah. an outlet was. They knew where you were. They know that you talk about this sort of thing, and because it was normal to talk about with you, and yeah. not you know, I'm not telling you you're just you know a mundane socket on a wall, but you've got the juice. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? You've you've got the juice. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Uh, (laughs) No, and I I don't take that stuff lightly, right? I feel it's such an honor to be that for people. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, you know, I get a lot of DMs too, even from people that I don't know. I had someone reach out Mm -hmm. just being like, hey, I'm going through a breakup and I don't know what to do. Or, hey, I need to break up with my partner because of this. Can I get your advice Mm -hmm. on it? And I I get a lot of messages over social media. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Mm-hmm. And people just being like, I had someone message me the other day saying, hey, I know we don't know each other well, but I got diagnosed with BPD and ADHD. And I'm just so thrilled to finally have something to be able to identify, you know, how my brain works with. Oh, and I just wanted to tell yeah, that to you yeah. because I know you also have that those diagnoses and I've been following your journey for so long. And I'm like, absolutely. I'm so proud of you. I'm happy that you're taking this, you know, you're receiving this so well. Mm-hmm. For me, I, you know, figuring out what I had was you know, puzzle pieces connecting it, it made me feel amazing. So it's just cool that people, I just feel honored. I feel honored that people share those things with me, those most deep and intrinsic inner workings of their life. You know, this person that called me yesterday was like, I don't know who else to talk to. I don't know if there's anyone else I could share this with to the depth that I'm sharing with you. And that's just, yeah, there's like not really any words to explain that. That That is scary to me when I think about it. Like that sounds so daunting to me that like people walk around this earth before the time of social media, just like erase social media completely, right? Like you're connecting to these people through the internet, remove the internet from the equation. And what the hell were people doing before that? Before that? You know what I mean? I mean, Oh, did I just lose you? Yeah, you did just lose me. Repeat oh. what you just said. Sorry. Oh, you said goodness. that's so scary to me. And then yeah. we start Yeah. So what I was saying was like, that is like, it sounds so daunting. Like when people reach out to you like this, that sounds so daunting and scary to me because if you removed 
the internet from the equation, right? Like, let's say you move just social media from the equation. What were people doing before then? Like, how were people connecting <sighs> to a person who talks about this stuff? Because to find somebody to talk about this stuff, to talk about mental health, to talk about mental illness, to talk about this daily day-to-day struggles that you go through, to talk about depression, to talk about, you know, any type of level of anxiety that you're going through. How do you find this person? And how do you, is it normal to talk about this amongst your social group at the bar with friends or at coffee with, you know, group of friends or in the hallway with friends or at work with friends? Like, like, is it normal to do that then? But it's like, how were they figuring that out? And even today in a world where the world is so connected, but also so disconnected, like how are people finding the people, their people? How do you find your people in all this, man? Because now you're just out there swimming and saying, hey, let me just talk to this person on the other side of the planet who I'm just following through social media. They'll understand. Absolutely. Me. I don't even want to think about what people were doing before that. <clears throat> because we're just getting to a place now where it's starting to be more normalized and businesses are like, sure, you can take a mental health day, you know, but right. That used then, to be never a thing. That was not a thing at all. And I know even people still don't feel comfortable calling in and saying, I need a mental health day because of the places that they work for the corporations they work for. So it's, it's wild to me, but it's just definitely a sign that we need to both keep doing what we're doing absolutely, and telling absolutely. our stories and being authentic. Hit me, um, hit me with a question. <laughs> yeah, I, think I was just going to say. Yeah. I was like, so the question I have for you is what are three pieces of advice you would offer someone who is currently dealing with a loss in their life? Like they just went through a, a terrible loss and you're looking at them in the face. What are the first, what's the first thing you would say to them? First thing. But I, want, I, I want three from you. Three. First thing that um, first thing I would say to them, yeah, is I I would ensure that that person in that moment in that day right there is that they're taken care of. Like if they're okay. Like yeah. And if you, if I was to translate that or to revert that to what that would ask that person to say to themselves is ground essentially ground yourself in that moment right then when you realize something is terrible and something is awful that's going on i'm not saying ignore what you're feeling feel what you're feeling be there with what you're feeling like just simply be there with what you're feeling the next thing kind of coincides with something that we've spoken about before is knowing where your networks are and you have to go to your people you have to go to your people there was a friend of mine she's on the other side of the planet now or no, she's on the other side of the country now. Um, something had happened. I don't want to get into details, but mm-hmm. something had happened and she called me and she was crying. She was in hysterics. And I was like, hey, okay, okay, I'm here. I didn't say that like, it's okay, stop crying. No, 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 no. I'm here. Yeah. When someone comes to you with an issue or they're in hysterics, don't ask them to stop crying. You know, yeah. obviously if the situation is dire and like the fire's got to get put out and you know, you're crying because that, you know, your house is on fire. Like, okay. Different scenario, but completely you know, <laughs> call 911 if that's the situation. Right? right. Right. But like, but like if someone is simply just like in it, they're in their feelings right then and there in that moment, don't say, Hey, calm down. Settle that. No, 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 no. I'm here. Keep going. 
let whatever the hell that is out, but I'm here. Just yeah. simply repeat that over and over. So that coincides with knowing where your network is, right? So one, I would just make sure that they're, you know, they're grounded, they're safe in the moment that they're at. Two, know where your network is, know where your people are, go to where your people are. Um, there's a saying that uh, I can't remember who said it. I can't remember where I first heard it. Um, but um, I think it was like Marshawn Lynch or something like that. Uh, no, 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 it wasn't. It was Ricky Williams. He has a podcast. I listened to it. This uh, this was uh, uh, maybe a year ago. He's like, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. And like that, Oof. that in I my mind, love that. Yeah, that wow. in my mind, it sits in my mind, and it tells <gasps> me about hard moments that this, and even challenging moments. Not just like you know when you know it, it shits real, but like in even any type of moment, like. Live where you're celebrated. Like, don't go where people just tolerate you, man. Go where people celebrate you, man. Yeah. So, um, so that, like I said, like that coincides with number with number two. Um, and um, I guess number three would be. It takes a while. Acceptance is a process. I know we've talked about yes. this a little bit more, but remember that. This is going to come in waves. This yeah. is going to come in waves. You're going to have a great day on Tuesday. But guess what? Wednesday, the sky might literally be falling. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, Thursday, you know, hope is something. I've read a book. Hope is something that comes in the morning. Um, hope is something that, you know, people find at the beginning of a week, uh, the beginning of a year, the beginning of a month, like there's hopefulness that uh, mm -hmm. tends to follow when it comes to first of March or first of May, you know, first of June, sure. stuff like that. Right. Um, or it's the first day of spring. Right. You know what I mean? People get, you get hopeful. Right. Um, uh, the morning is filled with hope. So, and one of the things that I love about the life that I live, um, I want to live in a place. Someone asked me like, what kind of world do you want to live in? I, I responded with, I want to live in a place where people go to bed excited about the possibilities of tomorrow. And, and I mean, everyone like you could yeah. go from, you know, from the people living on the street to the people living in the penthouse, right? Like I, I want everyone to go to sleep hopeful for tomorrow because uh or hopeful for you know what 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 the day may bring because that's all life is it's nothing but possibility so you know what you're going through ground yourself in that moment know where your network is and oh my goodness it's going to come in waves but be hopeful in the morning be hopeful on this next season and just i know it may suck from time to time but you know there are bright spots on yeah. cloudy days there are you know terrible shitty moments on sunny days right like yep. it, it's it, it, yep. it goes both ways right um you know what i mean um i i you know i'm i'm in a program right now and um there's people we have conversations about uh you know what if that happens if this happens and what if that happens you know we're talking about different things that happen in our placements um uh, for the program that i'm in and it's like you know I'm always asking people like, yeah, what ifs cut both ways? Like, don't just swing what ifs yes, in one direction. That's a good one. Yeah, Swing it in both ways. Yeah. What, ifs cut in both, well, what if that doesn't happen? What if this doesn't happen? What if that, hey, what if it does happen? 
Like, what, what if, if it's you, amazing? Yeah, what yeah. if it's amazing? What if it's great? Oh, what if it's terrible? Yeah, what if it's the best thing that ever happened to you? Absolutely. It, it, it's, 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 this, it, it just, it is. Stop thinking yeah. about negative and positive. It just simply is. And just deal with it when you get there. And yeah. like, handle it because otherwise you're just stressing about the nightmare before it's even before you're even asleep yeah Yeah, you're yeah you're ruining your quality of life in those moments right before you go to sleep exactly for no reason because it may or may not turn out that way exactly exactly so that was beautiful uh, (laughs) i'll be calling you when i endure my next loss (laughs) because wow (laughs) oh man well articulated dan that was yeah you hit a lot of points there oh thank you and and to to highlight you know, um, I don't know if this was one of your questions or not for me, but um, one of the things that I had written down was um, in terms of, because I mentioned that, uh, I mentioned before that people had said, you know, when I had my accident originally, people were like, oh, he's so amazing. He's great. He's so inspirational. And then, you know, I, I started doing like public speaking, motivational speaking, maybe you know, three, three, four years after my accident. So 2009, 2010. And then I really started getting into it in 2000, you know, 16 when Sarnia had a bunch of, um, uh, um, youths, um, committing suicide that year. We had like, at one point there was like three in like four weeks or something like that. It was, it was crazy. Um, and these were all like high school kids. Um, I think I remember this. Do you remember yeah. what year? This was 2011, 2012. Oh, when this Yeah. When this, when, when that happened, it was around 2011, 2012. I started speaking around then, but I didn't really take off, take off in it until like 2015, 16. But like, it's because of those times why I was like, okay, I have to do this. Like I have yeah. to do this. Um, Absolutely. And w- one of the things like, you know, you know, people, people would ask me about, um, you know, about my hardship and sound like this. And they're like, you know, saying I'm great and I'm this and I'm amazing. I remember reverting back to the things I speak about when I give one of my talks is that like my friends, the people that I keep around me, around the, the people that I had around me at the time of my accident were the reason that I'm able to, I was able to come out of it the way I did. Like I was, I don't want to say failure was never an option for me, but this, like you and I being here in this moment, having this conversation, me having this outlook and mindset that I have right now, I almost look at this as like, this was, this. there was no other option for me. My friends weren't going to give me another option. They just, they just didn't. In that moment, when I had, when I had my accident, I, and this happened, I had people, my peers came to the hospital when I wasn't even allowed to leave the floor. I wasn't even allowed to leave the floor of the hospital, let alone the building itself. They would simply just come to the hospital and take me out. They would just take me places. My one buddy's pushed me down the street. This is in Parkwood. This is in London, Ontario, Parkwood Hospital, down on Commissioners in Wellington, right down there. They pushed me to, do you know the most dangerous uh, intersection in, the most accident prone intersection in London? This was back around the time of my accident. I don't know if it still is, but I'm pretty, I wouldn't be shocked if it is. It's right where there's two hospitals at that intersection, which is Commissioners in Wellington. That's the intersection that they were pushing me across from. Wild. <laughs> yeah. And to go to McDonald's. They're like, he's got to get out of here. 
He's got to get out. He needs he, he needs he needs to see and eat proper food. Stop with this bullshit um, mm-hmm. uh, hospital food. And of course, yeah. I had diarrhea for the rest of the week because my body hadn't <laughs> eaten that food in so long. But like, it didn't matter to them. Yeah, it's like this is our boy. This is what we're gonna do for him. And mm-hmm. I had so many friends calling me, reaching out. Um, and then even after you know you know after the initial accident and everything died down a little bit. Like I know my friends were going away to school. But I had so many people coming to me to help me. And why I say this is because you're not meant to do this alone. Like you're yeah. not. Like you weren't you weren't designed to do. There's a reason why humans when they touch each other, like skin to skin contact, there's a reason why certain chemicals start to explode within our minds, like inside our brains. Like there's a reason for that. Oxytocin, there's a reason why it just boom when yeah. you have skin to skin contact. Why? Because you were you were meant to. It's not there by accident. You're supposed to hug a human. You're supposed to hold hands with a human. You're supposed to embrace another human. Like this is all stuff that you're so this is all stuff that we have to do for each other. Yeah. And yeah. so one of the things I had written down, so this is like my intro to this thing, and I want to get your take on this. When you find in relationships with people, um, I see one of the common things that I see get posted with people. I'm not saying you, because I, I don't know if you have posted this or not, but people like to emphasize that their partner is their, quote unquote, their everything. And I find that sometimes to be very dangerous because I didn't have one person like carry me through my grief, carry me through my loss. Um, my buddy came over, a, f- a buddy of mine came over a few weeks ago and said, you know, he's going through this heartbreak. He's going through this breakup and stuff like that. And one of the things that I emphasized to him was that you got to tell the boys, you got to tell us what you're going through so that and now I didn't say this part to him, but I'm going to say this on the on the cast so that I'm not the only person to help you through it because yeah. seven of us can carry you better than one of us can. Absolutely. Seven of us can carry you more efficiently and effectively than one of us can. And yeah. I feel like when you're in a relationship with a person and you call that person your everything, that means your cheerleader, your nurse, your doctor, your physician, your uh, confidant, your, um, your go-to, your lover, your friend, your best friend. Like... I understand that a person can be some of those things for you, but asking right. a person to simply be all of those things to you, I think you're setting yourself up to fail. Yeah, absolutely. And I do agree with that. I have definitely in past phrased things like that yep. because I do. believed yep. it. I mm-hmm. believed it. I believed it at one point that these people were single-handedly the reason <clears throat> that I was being kept alive and worthy of love mm-hmm. and all that shit. Now mm-hmm. that I have found love within myself, I, I don't believe that at all. I believe that they're one person. They're not the world. I'm the world. Yeah. <laughs> like I have uh, everything I need within mm-hmm. myself, you know, to fully mm-hmm. function and, you know, bring that to the table. But I, there's nobody else in the world that can complete me. These people yeah. can help me on my journey. They can be, you know, help being with the stepping stones, but they're never going to be the other half of me because I am whole on my own. Mm. And that's, imp- yeah. and that's important. I love that you said like, you know, bringing it to the table. Like yeah. that's, that's, 
that's what you got to do. You got to bring yourself to the table. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't continue to grow, can't continue to heal when you're at the table. No, absolutely. You can still do those things, but like you got to bring yourself and the love that you have for yourself. You got to bring that to the table. That's got to come to the table. Yes. Because if you're asking that person to bring your love for you to the table, if you're asking them to bring your love for yourself to the table, like that's how how are they carrying their own love? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how are they supposed to, how are they supposed to manage any of that or, or, or in essence, all of that, you know? So um, you're, you know, you, you're absolutely right. Like, yeah, you got to bring that to the table and like, yeah. it, 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 you know, you got to complete yourself as well. Um, and you have to, you know, I got to know how to love yourself, but yeah, like definitely. And that was one of the biggest things, you know, for me is, accepting the help as well um when you go through loss when you're going through you know the the picking up the pieces process right some pieces are going to be sharper than others some pieces are going to be heavier than others some yeah, pieces are going to need a, a delicate touch to pick up some pieces are going to be hotter than others some pieces are gonna be, whatever some pieces you're going to need help picking up and when other people reach down into that water and pick up that piece for you, let them. Let them help you. That was mm -hmm. something that was challenging for me to do in the beginning was because I was constantly happy because I, I physically couldn't do things for myself. Like I physically couldn't do simple, basic things for myself. And from a mental health standpoint, we have this thing called ego that we want to do things for ourselves. And I, I, you know, I, I do love, I love myself. I love the life that I live. I do. Um, I was very uh, obnoxious, chauvinistic, um, egotistical when I had my accident. Um, I'm not shitting on myself. I'm just saying these are observations. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was very prideful. And when it came time for someone to feed me food, I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to accept that. And I had to get used to the idea that, you know, okay, it's okay for people to help you. It's okay to need help. Because when you're at your lowest, like you need, it's okay to accept help. It just yeah. is. And that's one of the biggest things that I struggled with. And actually, if I'm going to add it to one of those, um, when you're grieving, that grieving list, that, that top three list, yeah, um, yeah. you know, ground yourself, know where your network is. And um, what was the third one? Um, uh, oh, shit. What did I say what the third one was? Well, whatever that third one was, when your listeners listen to it, add this yeah. <laughs> one to it. Add this one to it. Is It's okay to accept help. It's okay yeah. to accept help. Um, um, I think your third one was find hope and like it comes. Yes, in yes, find guy. hope and yeah, it comes absolutely. And add this to it, yeah, man. Like, um, I always loved the uh, growing up. I grew up in a, a Christian home, um, and um, I always um, I heard the phrase a lot. You know, God answers every prayer. And as I got through, go as I grew up, um. I, I started to understand that like, you know, how things 
how God can like answer my prayers isn't always through like miraculously sprouting up and handing me a million dollars or handing me, you know, this opportunity or something like that. Sometimes it's just that open arm hug that that person was giving to you and you just passed on it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it it can be the most simplest things when the universe or whatever you believe, doesn't matter when the universe is giving you something, it's right in front of you. Your attention is there and you just decide, no, I'm going to pass on that. It's okay to accept those things. It really is because like, it's in essence, it's what you've been asking for. Just the packaging might not be what you expected. Yes, true. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And I think asking for help is one of the hardest things for me as well. I've struggled with because you, there's always that want to feel like you kind of look like you have it all together, at least, mm. even if you don't. Oh, yeah, There's the like perception that. of it. The yeah. ego, right? You just image, you want yeah. to look like you have it all neat and tidy, even though you don't. So asking for help is is breaking that and being honest with both yourself and then somebody else, other people that you... you. Yeah, hit me with another one. What is your favorite part about change? Ooh. <laughs> You know, my favorite part about it is probably the thing that scares me the most about it. Ooh, I like that. Which is both the unknown and its unpredictability. Because what is beyond that adjustment, that, that, that change, what is beyond that fence... And beyond this, you know, leap that I'm about to take or that I've been thrust upon or, you know, that door that I've just been forced through, um, you know, this, this, this new space is one, I can create whatever I want in this space. You know what I mean? Like I am able to create whatever I want in this space. And guess what? When I start creating, I'm going to find different things that I couldn't create in the other space. But also I'm gonna have to like I also get to let go of things that no longer fit this space. And that yeah. all of that is terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely. But yet so exciting. It, that's the thing. It's so it's, it's exciting. also exciting. It's, it's also exciting. So, you know, when you're looking at a canvas, right? When you're looking at a canvas, uh actually let me let, actually let me give him a more a more real uh real example. Um you know, uh, when, when I had, when I had my accident, um, there were, I don't want to say like the people that I had in my life were best of the best. And I knew who my people were because I didn't, um, there were relationships that I had that I thought were the ones that to help me through this. And guess what? They didn't end up being the ones they they weren't able to handle what I was trying to handle. They weren't able to live in that new space. They weren't able to grasp that new space, understand it. They mm-hmm. weren't they weren't made for that space. And guess what? That's hard, but that's okay. Like that yeah. was very difficult. I started being like, what the fuck? Like, who are these people? Why the fuck are you not, why aren't you not around anymore? Like, how could you dog me like that? Like treat me like mm-hmm. that, abandon me. Like, like that's, it, it, it makes you question so many things about yourself, but also, you know, the decisions that you made in the past. So, you know, we just talked about that, but like, you know, once I realized that like, okay, they weren't made for this. 
Yeah. They, they weren't built for this. They weren't cut out for this. Mm-hmm. So what is this? Like, what is, what's supposed to be here? If they're not supposed to be here, then what is this space supposed to actually look like without this person in this life or within, without this change, uh, in this new space? And so <clears throat> that creating process is something that, um, it takes time. It's not coming overnight, but when you're intentional with it, when you're intentional with your change and your process, um, man, you get to see so many beautiful fruits. You get to reap so many fruits from uh, from those seeds. Um, but you got to lean into it. It sucks. Yeah. You know, you're going to fall. You're going to screw up. Yeah. Um, it's, oh my God, it's going to be ugly. It's, yeah. it, 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 you know, you hear about... You know, the presentation of it when people do see on the internet, right? You know, someone's new job or new venture, right? Or, um, uh, you know, they move to a new city or something like that, like yourself, right? Um, but what they don't see is um, some people had to leave an abusive relationship to get to that point. Um, right. Some people had to leave a very toxic environment with their family members to get to that point. Um, some people had to, had to, had yeah. to walk away from friendships and relationships, uh, work environments that um, no longer served them. They could no longer meet the needs of the life in, that they were creating and the space that they were creating um, or the space that they were bound for. Like, you know, it's okay that, you know, when you're walking a certain path, walking a path in life and some people's light is only shining so bright. Like it's okay that their light doesn't shine as bright. It's okay. That's not a problem. That's not a slight at them. And it's not to boost your ego that your light is shining brighter. It's just that that's as far as they can go for some time with you. And yeah, as you continue, as you continue, it's like, oh, you know what? It's okay. But guess what? That light is still shining. And you know, like... No, absolutely. Not everybody is meant to go on your full long-term journey with you, right? There's pieces of it that people are supposed to help with certain areas of it. And, you know, going back to relationships needing to end without feeling like it's failure. I feel like that's, that's a very beautiful mindset to get into and just learn to accept the ebbs and flows of life and how people come and go and just, you know, change is a part of that. It can be scary, but embracing it fully is what helps me eliminate the fear aspect of change because I feel like by embracing it and just jumping, you know, radical acceptance, practicing that and just accepting Mm -hmm. what is happening, you're able to look at it with a positive frame of mind, a positive perspective. And I mean, life is a hundred percent perspective. Your happiness is fully dependent on your perspective. It's not your situation. It is your perspective of your situation. We're all handed different cards, you know, different decks, however they may look, but you know, your happiness And the way you view life is solely in your perspective. I feel like the me years ago, I constantly viewed my life being like an attack. I was like, this is a joke. This has to be a joke. What is this shit? I just felt like life kept dumping on me. There were so many heartbreaking things that happened that it was like back to back to back, right? I had like gotten broken up with by somebody that I loved. He just went ghost, just literally left my life. No explanation. I tried to move into a new place and I got bed bugs infested. And I was just like, oh my God. And then like something happened with my job and it was just so many things piling on. And I remember being like, what the fuck did I do in a past life to deserve this? 
this. Deserve and I this. Woke, yep. Yeah. I was like, I was a piece of shit in my past life, bro. This is crazy. But I remember driving home one day from work and thinking, what if this is an attack? What if this is preparing me for bigger, more amazing things to come? What if this is breaking off the pieces of me that needed to be broken off in order to grow into the person that I am supposed to become? What if this is an attack? What if this is the plan? What if this is the plan? And I've just been shitting on it this whole time because my perspective was in the dumps. So I remember coming home to my roommates and I was like, I was like, guess what guys, this is my new perspective. I don't think life is shitting me, shitting on me. I don't think it's trying to hurt me. I think it's just my perception of it that's fucked up. And then I remember telling them my whole like epiphany that I had. And they were like, say it again, say it again. We're so proud of you. Fuck yes. And it was from that moment on that I took control and took accountability for where my life was headed and understood that that person that walked out of my life with no explanation, good riddance. They weren't meant for me. And the universe knew that. And it wasn't, you know, at the time, obviously it felt like abandonment, but it was, oh, yeah. it was preparing me for, for growth and moving people out of my way that were no longer aligned with me. I just couldn't, I couldn't see it because my perspective was in the shitter. So I, I love that so much. I do. I really, really do. Because <laughs> the word that came to my mind or the phrase that came to my mind um, when you said that was fluidity is I feel like you started to understand the fluidity that comes with life. Like, oh my goodness, yeah. we are 70% water. The world is 70% water. It is constantly ebb and flow. It is yeah. constantly moving. It's a current. And when we try to put our own rigidity of thinking around something that is constantly trying to move, oh my goodness, it becomes chaotic. It's, Absolutely. You, you try to, you know, figure out something that, it, 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 oh my god, it, it doesn't make sense. It, guess what? It wasn't. It, it wasn't trying to make sense. It was just trying to yeah. be what it was meant to be, which is yeah. just constantly moving. And just let it flow. Yeah. Yeah. Just let it flow. Just let it flow. And like, yeah. The, easier said than done, but. Oh, flow, oh my yeah. God. Let it flow. All of this is easier <laughs> said than done. Like none Thanks, of this but. is easy. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, that perspective that you get when you realize that like, oh, you know, I I, I, I don't have to be the boat that's on the water. Mm -hmm. I am the water. Yeah. Like, I, I yeah, I, I, you know, uh, water doesn't get seasick. It's water. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. If you think you're the boat right now in your life, jump yeah. off. You're actually the water. You're actually you the water. water. <laughs> you're actually Moana. It's <laughs> 100%, man. You never stop being Moana. You never yeah. stop being one. You, you just didn't realize you you were. You just didn't realize it, man. Like, oh my goodness. It's 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 so true. And like that's um that's that's actually one of the things that um I wanted to ask you about um about what it comes to loss and change um actually more specifically loss um okay so i'm a visual person like yeah. i i are you, yeah, are you are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're water so, we're not the boat we're the water we're yeah. outlets in a house <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i can tell you're visual that everyone knows oh you're visual, my gosh yeah. <laughs> I, I love need it. it i need it's, it oh no it's amazing I, you're so painting beautiful it. pictures yes Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. That's, I feel so, I feel so seen. When someone says that. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. Um, but, uh, so, so that being said, that being said, 
what what do you visualize? Like what comes to mind when you think of loss? Can I can I throw you mine first as you think about yeah. yours? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. So 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 visualizing loss, I it's like a highlight reel for me that mm. begins with getting cut from my um my baseball team, my travel baseball team. Um and then it goes on to, you know, leaving that and just doing basketball, then getting cut from the basketball team, not making it there, um, deciding and just sticking to swimming, um, you know, then just swimming in football, swimming in football, track and field. Those were the, for me. And then, and then it's, it's, it's this, the constant, it's very sharp. It very it happens very quickly, but it's all of these things all at once. And then it goes into my accident and then it's, um, and then it's, you know, not being able to play football, not being able to play these sports the same way I used to be. And then it goes into, you know, trying to, you know, trying to be that certain type of person within relationships with um, uh, my siblings, my my brother and my, my, you know, my intimate relationships and also relationship with my, my strange relationship with my father. Um, mm -hmm. It's all like all of this. Like th when I think of loss, all of that sharply just like goes right through my mind. But then, then what started to happen, I want to say maybe six, seven years after my accident, I started to just see myself on a stage. What kind of stage? I don't know. It's... Mm -hmm. It's an arena of some kind. I'm either playing football. I'm either playing basketball. I'm either running. It may not even be for an event that I'm running. It just, I'm there. And I'm being applauded, but I'm not saying anything. I'm just there. And this is something I haven't shared with a lot of people. Before I say anything, this is actually very in-depth because I've thought about this for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I write on the ground just or in my hand in some instances when I've visualized this. I just write, I am. And that's it. And and that's yeah. it. Like when I think about when I think that's about like a whole ass fucking film. <laughs> That's a short film on Pixar. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things at the beginning. I, I, I don't know. And it's like, when I daydream, that's where I go. When I, when I, I go to these, these segments where it starts off, you know, with, with those earlier memories in life, and, but it gets to that point where it's just like, it's just talking about, like, I'm not trying to say I am loss. I'm not trying to say I yeah. am grief. I'm just saying that like, I don't know who I am without them. Damn, that's powerful. <laughs> and that's beautiful. It's cool to tap into other people's minds and how it works. I feel like Oof. I've asked people before, like, how do you view the the week or the month or the year? Mm. And like, cause cause it's different for everybody, right? I'm yeah. actually curious. I'm actually curious what your how view do of it I is. View that like so how do I look at like when I think about the year, what does yeah. it look like? Yeah. Ah. Uh, like physically in my mind, this is going to sound in your weird. mind. No, it's, I, I think mine's okay. weird. Okay. 
If I'm talking about, okay, so let me see if I get this straight. If I'm talking about what a layout of what a year looks like in my brain, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not, okay. I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to, I don't know how to picture, draw this, but I think about when I was in elementary school and I'm in the classroom and I can, I, this image is stuck in my head for what a year looks like. <laughs> it's just stuck there. And I can constantly see on, so if you're using your right hand, if you hold your right hand up, um, I count from, so I count January, February, March, April, May. And as soon as I get to May, I'm at the top and I'm on the right side. And then as I move over to the left side, it's, June, July, August. It goes all the way down. Interesting. And I don't know why it is because, and it's funny you say, like, I wonder what you think a year looks like. When I was talking to a buddy of mine, he was asking me, uh, he was telling me, oh, hey, I had a surgery done in this month or that month or August. And I literally picked my hand up and I was going like this. For those of you who don't know that Alyssa can still see me right now on camera. (laughs) But I started to put my hand up and start counting. And he's like, what are you do? He stopped talking. <laughs> and was like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, sorry. I'm just trying to figure out where you were <laughs> in the year. And I was like, oh, and, and it funny. made me realize that like, oh, I've always done this. I have yeah. always done. That's what a year looks like in my, and I don't know why. I don't know. But it, it's, I, I think... I think it's from my earliest memories as a child looking at a classroom that calendar. Makes sense. Yeah. But like, yeah. So that's what, so what that's about, so, so fascinating. Yeah. What about you? Like, that, okay, I know so that's not what me, you're expecting. I know that's not what you're expecting. I don't think there's, I don't think I'd be able to like predict anyone's answer because I think our imaginations are also unique. Mine is, okay, so picture you're in space and there's just an empty abyss around. Not like okay. a dark, scary abyss, but you look yeah, so unsure. My face. Like, You're like, where are we going with this? Like, one of my worst fears. <laughs> Get me off this fucking ride. <laughs> oh my God, being in empty um, space, I was like, oh, yeah, this is yeah, uncomfortable. It, okay. it's, it's basically the months of, yeah, January to December, the full year spread out side by side. And okay. it's just floating in the abyss. I can just see it from a distance and I'm always, my POV is in front of June and I'm looking to the left if we're in the beginning months and I'm looking to the right if we're in the following months. I'm in space with it. <laughs> you're standing on June? Like you're standing? I'm standing in front of June. In front June's of June. A, June's about like a meter in front of me. And okay. then I'm looking to the left. So right now we're in February. So I'm looking to the left. And yeah. and then <laughs> Okay. Okay. and yeah so I just I've always pictured it like that for as long as I can remember and then I started asking people this maybe I'll start asking everybody who comes on the podcast this question because I'm actually really curious how everybody views it (laughs) yeah so it's just it's not a scary abyss though I know you got really you know you jumped back there (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) it's not scary it's light it's like almost cloudy and like you're kind of just in the sky. You're just in an abyss. I don't know. I'm not going to explain it, but it's just, yeah, I'm looking at all the months and they're just like, it's just Jan, Feb, March. Like, it's not like, 
it's not a picture. It's just, it's just like kind of the words all laid out. Yes. And I'm just kind of looking to the left right now. Cause we're in February. Fuck. That's a trip <laughs> to explain that, that. Oh my gosh. That sends you. That really yeah. does. Well, it sent me as soon as you started talking, I was like, Oh my God, what? That sounds terrifying, but <laughs> it's not, I, it's not. I it's, can it's safe see there. it. I can yeah. see it. And as I, I don't, I don't, do you move? Like if the, if, do you, no. I don't, I don't move. No, I don't. Okay, move. yeah, yeah, I don't move. I'm, I'm always seeing it. I'm not, I'm not in it. I'm always seeing it. Okay. Yeah, and for the okay. days of the week, it's Ooh. similar. It's but okay. it's a white. It's like a whiter backdrop, and the days of the week are almost like files. Like you can see, like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, you can't see me. I have my camera off, but like. Yeah. I'm kind of standing like Saturdays to my right and I'm staring at it like at a diagonal angle, looking up at the week and I'm looking at each, each day, but I always kind of stay near Saturday. Okay. Fox, Saturday is, so is always to my right. Saturday, Saturday is always, right. Saturday is always to my right. And interesting enough, I think I'm always, I'm always standing on like Thursday. Really? I'm always standing on Thursday. Cause like, Monday seems so far from me, always. Monday seems yeah. so far from me. Sunday, I'm, I'm all, I always feel closer to Sunday. I always feel closer to Sunday for some Interesting. reason. Yeah. Wow, this is, this is fascinating. I like this. I'm definitely going to ask every guest on the podcast <laughs> because yeah. I'm curious Yeah. if everybody thinks like this or if there's people that's like, I just don't picture it at all. Like, I well, wonder... That's one thing I heard that not everybody has this like kind of communication with their mind, right? Yeah, I heard Is that. that like, yeah, same. People don't hear themselves. Like, do people don't have yeah. an inter uh, inner dialogue? And I was yeah. like, what? My ex was like that. He couldn't relate when we were sitting around the campfire. Me and my friends, we were talking about that inner dialogue that we have, and like how we talk to ourselves and we communicate. He was like, yeah, I don't, I don't have that. I'm like, oh my what? god. That, yeah. that yeah. I find just that's scary, bro. That's talking scary. about a dark abyss. Yeah. That, yeah. That's that's that that's the abyss. That's real <laughs> abyss. Like imagine just yeah. I I can't. I can't imagine. I feel like that's what disconnection looks like, but that's not fair. I, I'm sure that he's not disconnected. You know, true, maybe he true. is, but like it, that would be what it would feel like to me, disconnection from my inner voice, my inner person, my inner analog. Yeah. Is it an analog? Is that yeah? In, 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 oh my god! Yeah, I'm not, I'm not 100 sure. Inner dialogue, inner dialogue, <laughs> dialogue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But what's analog? Hey, analog is like oh fuck! I'm not a. Is it not imagery? I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, look. Yeah, look. Analog. Look up. Yeah. Uh, Let me see. When you when you get to the point really? with, with with your cast and you got someone that can just look stuff up for you, that's that's yeah, that'll that's be nice. That'll be so nice. Manifesting next year, relating to or using signals or information repressed by a continuously variable physical. You know what? That's a lot of words right now. Fuck. That's it. a lot anyway. of words. Yes, but like <laughs> I, I, that's that's the abyss that yeah. that scares me. That definitely oh, does. Yeah. And it's not to say that like there's something wrong with those people because right. I heard the numbers like 50% or something like that. And I was like, what? Like That's 50% wild. of the people that just don't have, they're just not thinking to themselves <laughs> or I, I just don't know how yeah, you like what's going themselves. on up there. I, I just, yeah, yeah. Like, what is that? Like, or what? maybe they are and they just have never identified it as themselves. So yeah. they don't, it doesn't That's, resonate with them in the same way. Oh fuck, That's intense. Yeah. That's a oh, trip. Wait, we just That's a trip. we just spiraled. I love it. Um, See, but this is what visualization well, is, and that yeah. that that is that is in part what 
helps me through like through change is it's okay. Now I'm not trying to say sit there and daydream till the cows come home because you, you have to actually, you know, do some work, do some actual implementation. Like you have to actually do the things like you have to write mm-hmm. down a plan, an idea that you have and try to implement. But visualizing where you want to be, what you want that life to look like, like that is something I think that has definitely helped me through a lot of grief because it reminds me in those daunting feeling like bottomless moments that this is temporary and that that I'm looking to it it gives your mind something to look forward to. I'm not saying it's it's like a healthy distraction from what is. And like, don't live there, like kind of like how I used to when it came to, you know, sleeping, you know, constantly just going to sleep and, you know, dreaming and, you know, just being okay in my dreams. But I got to a point where, and this is something I actually said, and I think I owe this to the movie Interstellar. No, not Interstellar. Um, uh, I think it is a Christopher Nolan movie though, but uh, no, not Interstellar. Oh shit. What is it? I feel uh, like I can... Not Interstellar. Inception. I'm so close. Inception. Yes. Inception. Yes. Yes. Inception. Um, I got to a point where I, I I said to myself, I want my dreams to be envious of my reality. Like I want, Ooh. I want, I want my dreams to be the thing that they wake that the reality wakes up to, or that's yeah. my dream. Yeah, I want my reality. Y'all should be, y'all should be writing this down. This is dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Get your pens out. <laughs> Because it, it's like yeah. when, when when I do, it's like when you make that switch, right? When you make that switch, it's like, okay, now I want to live my life as if I have those things that I'm dreaming about. Yeah. Like now, you know, now it's now no, we're, we're no longer saying why not. We're saying right now. You know what I yeah. mean? You're not saying, oh, you know, I should have done this. Why aren't you doing it right now? Like, mm-hmm. Why not right now? Like what? What? Yeah. What? What? Well, what could have been? No. What can be? What is? Like the, the, you know, you you make those switches, and that's part of you know when you bounce, especially you know relationships that I've had. You know, I did have to. I did have those those bouts with um, those fights back and forth with. Um, was this a waste of time? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what 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 did I do here? Or you know, um, one of the things I thought of was uh, a lot of my friends got married. And uh, my girlfriend at the time, when I was going through a lot of those weddings, was uh, I was that couple. I was part of that couple that was fighting at weddings, like arguing. Gotcha. Oh my god, brutal! And I'm not. I'm, not, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm embarrassingly enough. I'm not even saying like one or two weddings, bro. Like <laughs> multiple. Like one summer, I had like eight weddings to go to. I, it was like almost every wedding, every wedding. And like, uh, 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 yeah, that's cringeworthy. It's so cringe, but I, I yeah. try not to. And this is the part of the acceptance, the process of acceptance piece is I try not to hate myself. I try not to shit on that version of myself. I try not to be like, oh my God, you're an idiot for wasting your time doing that. Like going through that and putting yourself through that. No, you were yeah. going through something. You felt at that time that that connection was something that you wanted. You realize now it wasn't connection. It was just an unhealthy attachment. Yeah. Um, you have become the person you are now because you can look back and see yourself for, you know, that's who you were then. 
It, it, it's all you. It's still you. Yeah. It's all you. It's still Dan. Um, that's you where you did the best with what yep. you knew at that exactly. time. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Hundred yeah. percent. Um. Okay. So back to your question. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good Let's job. Listen to that again. <laughs> That's good job. That was oh. a fun little trail. We just we just. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so you asked me what I view, what I think of when I think of loss. Yes. Immediately, I think of me falling into mm. again the black abyss, <laughs> and then I think of me standing in whatever home I'm living in at the time and actively trying to pick up the pieces, not even visually like leaning over and grabbing the pieces. Like you mentioned earlier, just rebuilding who I am as an individual, because a lot of my loss, when I think of loss, I think of heartbreak because that is where the majority of my loss has come from is relationships ending and Mm. learning to pick up the pieces and learning to rebuild who I am as an individual. Yeah. So that's immediately what I think of is, another heartbreak. And I think of just the ways that I've coped in past and how I would do that all over again. It's interesting that neither of us mentioned like physically, like, like someone dying. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's about, because it's not about like, because I, I, I feel like a relationship with a person, even if you've lost them physically. And I heard this quote recently, like death isn't the end of a relationship. Like it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's, it's not like dying isn't, you know, how a relationship ends. Like you have an everlasting relationship with everyone all the time. The stranger that you see on the street, you have a relationship with that person. You know, you're literally standing on a planet with that person, like, you know, but what is the degree of the relationship? What is the magnitude of it? And like, what is it, the one that you have with yourself? So I find that interesting that we didn't, neither of us said, uh, said that um yeah but i i like i like yours it's like in the space and it's about picking up the pieces in that space but it's like the space itself changes too depending on where yeah. you're living too so yeah. it's 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 I would visualize you. my future self roaming around the house and doing things that would actively help rebuild what i've lost mm. yeah mm. I like I like it and like um uh yeah yeah mm-hmm. no 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 I I I I I do like that because like uh, I like like I said I'm so I'm so visual and um um so much of so much of the time that I spent by myself in the hospital or even just like when I'm uh you know going through breakups or anything like that um so much of it is thinking about you know, both what was, what could have been right. But then right. what is like, how am I, the question, how do I do this without them? You know what I mean? Like, how do I, yeah. how, how, how do I do this without them? And one yeah, of those- How do I reshape my life? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And one of those is, um, it coincides with identity. And I think when it comes to loss, that is something that I feel like people, I, I feel like people struggle with because- when you lose a girlfriend or boyfriend or, you know, you lose your partner, uh, you break up after um, five, six, whatever, how many years, right? It's like, you did all those things that you did together with this person. Is that my identity? 
it's like, is this who I was? Is this who I am? And then you right. lose that. And it's like, who am I? Like, yep. who am I? Who was I before? Who was I during? Who am I now? It's mm-hmm. like, well, I think the simplest answer is it's still you. Yeah. Like it's And you didn't lose all of yourself. I think the most exactly. comforting thing I heard too is it takes two in a relationship. So you were 50% of that relationship. In some mm. cases, maybe more, yeah. but <laughs> you're 50% oh, right. of that yep. relationship. <laughs> yeah. A couple of times I've been about 80, 90 there, but yeah, no, 50% oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. of the relationship you were, you know, you brought to that. So, and you get to leave with 100% yourself. So that that's huge. And that was the difference, even with this last breakup versus my other ones, you know, giving them that title of they're my world and they're everything. And how could I even so much as breathe without them when in reality, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm certainly self-sufficient. So this past relationship was a lot easier for me to cope with. Cause I was like, okay, I get to leave with myself, which is like, I win. I'm awesome. Like I'm amazing. Yes. I'm, I, I bring so much to the fucking table and I know my worth now. And it's not going to be a, of course it's sad in the sense you, of course, like, you know, your relationship ended, you're grieving the loss of that person. But for me, I felt like, I feel like heartbreak and breakups and loss in any way is such a beautiful opportunity to experience rebirth and, yes. you know, yeah. Yes. And that's, part, that's huge. A part of, you know, you know, when I, you know, when I mentioned, you know, you know, dying isn't really the end of relationship, but like there is a, a dying component to, um, to a lot of things in life. Like that, that yeah. concept exists in so many areas of life because in order for something to, in order for something to be reborn, something has to die. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like that's all yeah. this life, literally for the last million or so years, right? Like mm-hmm. even on a you know bacterial level, right? Um, you know, death, rebirth, death, rebirth. The cycle. It's it's yeah. it's always happening. You know what I mean? Like we're shedding skin. Literally, as we are sitting here, we are shedding skin, and new skin cells are, are forming. It just it's 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 it, newness. Always, it's always happening. And so, you as a product, like as a being, you are constantly changing. This is, you know, kind of full cycle here. You are within these relationships. It's not to say that like you weren't you when you were there. It's mm-hmm. your self-worth. You're still just as worthy as you were when you started it. You're just as worthy yeah. when you're in it. Um, you realize now that like, you know, at the end of it, it's like, okay, wait a minute. Was I accepting what I was worth then? No, probably not. Maybe not, you know, okay. And that's mm-hmm. okay. But it's not to say that like, you deserve that moving forward. It's you understand, you see that now. And yeah. that's part of it. Like some of that, that realization, some of that, you know, going through that, that, that had to die for you to get here. It did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's death and rebirth and loss and change in all forms. So. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I have one more question for you. Oh and then do you have any more questions for me after? Um, because we can finish with just this one for you. That's no problem. Yeah, that's 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 pretty much. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, oh wait. Yeah, I do have one. Do you want me to go first? You, Whatever you want. All right. I I I I have one for you. Now this is okay. something. Um. So you watched my oh, so you watched my video, right? Yes. Yes. And I mentioned in it, right, about uh, taking. 
I don't know if I mentioned this in that taking notes, like in conversations with people. Did I mention that? Oh, Dan. I, okay. I, it it's, like okay. it's okay. It's <laughs> okay. All right. Let me, let, let me, let me, let me, let me refresh yeah. it. So, oh God, my goodness. I can't remember. And I, I made the thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the things that I've been doing, um, and when my friends hear this on here, they'll, damn it, I'm kind of outing myself when I say this. <laughs> um, yeah, busted, Dan. Uh, <laughs> I, for the last, I want to say nine years, eight, eight or nine years now, in conversations, I have taken notes on things that are said. And do you remember when I asked you, like, what is like your, um, what does your uh, method of self-care look like? Yeah. What mine looks like now, and for the past several years, but I had to build this, I had to build this kind of, this database up. I've been taking notes of profound things that my friends and things I hear from conversations from, let's say I'd be at a coffee shop and I overhear someone in line say something or I'm at the grocery store. Um, I've, I've written stuff in this uh, thread um, from funerals, like when I hear someone with a eulogy, uh, weddings, when I hear someone in their speech, um, conferences, when I, you know, I went to convocations for, you know, girlfriends and, you know, the, the speaker would say something. I was like, oh man, I'm writing that down. Like this is all in this quote log yeah. that I have. That's cool. Um, I like that. And so it it is a list of things that my peers have, have so a lot of it is my peers have said and when i'm in my uh you know down moments my weak moments my very fragile slow moments i will revert to this thing and i will read something from it do you want me to read something from it i do i do Where, this is here. this is a really good idea i usually just document like dumb shit my friends say to oh. like reference and just like <laughs> laugh at but this is this is good. I'm going to have to start doing this. I have done that. I have a particular <laughs> friend in mind who she says some of the most outlandish shit that, that comes out of her mouth. I'm like, I want to live in your brain for an hour because I don't think I could do a full day. I just want to live in there. For, <laughs> just, just an hour. Just an hour. I think I'll have too much if I if I go in there longer. But um, so, oh, wait, did I just lose you on the Zoom? Nope. No, I didn't. No, I'm still there. Okay, good. Um, so... One of the uh, one of the, and so I plan on putting this on a canvas, but I'm not gonna put <clears throat> I'm not gonna put who said it beside it. I plan on like having this written out on like a wall or something like that. Maybe that one behind me, and mm -hmm. um, I'm not gonna put who said what. But I'll go to this and I will read things from it. And so one of the things that my friend there's there's over sixty of these things. Like there's so many of them. Um, one of the things that my friend had said to me, <clears throat> this was after a relationship had ended. She said to me, be the one swinging. And I was like, okay. And what we were referencing there was like in baseball, how like, you know, when you, you don't take too many pitches just because you think that, you know, that's not the right one or this isn't the right one. Swing. Like, don't just stand there. You got to swing. You have to swing. Yeah. You know, you're in there. Swing. Be yeah. the one swinging. Don't be the one in a relationship that just like takes what's coming just because it is like you have to be. The point is to be intentional about it. Be intentional yeah. about it. So I wrote that one just like be the one, be, be the one swinging. Um, 
this one, I like reading this one when I'm having um, thing days too. Um, a friend of mine, her son, when um, when we would start, uh, him and I we would start hanging out because I'd come around the house every now and then. And then him and I just start, you know, doing uh, missions on ourselves. We just go on our little adventures, right? Um, uh, he, before he didn't, he didn't, when initially when we met, he didn't understand uh, the concept of uh, m- being paralyzed. Like he didn't grasp the whole idea that like, I don't walk today, which means I won't walk tomorrow, which means, you know what I mean? Like it just like, he thought, oh, you'll be walking tomorrow, won't you? And so one of the things that he would say to me every time he would see me was, uh, he's like, hey, did you walk today? And I was like, no, man. Aww. And then he'd go, I believe, he's like, uh, maybe tomorrow. I was like, yeah, maybe tomorrow. And That's then, so, so I would write that. I wrote that down. I wrote down that he's like, I'll believe you'll walk tomorrow. And like, cause he always had that energy. And it reminds yeah. me that like, that's the part of that hopefulness, right? It's yeah. like, oh, you know what I mean? Like hope comes in the morning, man. It's just like, be hopeful for tomorrow. Like be hopeful for it. You know, I don't live in tomorrow cause you know, you'll miss today, you know, right. but like be hopeful for it. Do you want me to give you one more? Yeah, give me one more. This one, this one I think is funny. Um, and, uh, so obviously you remember blackberries. Did you ever have one? Like blackberries, the phone, like the fruit? The phone, the, no, oh. the phone, the actual <laughs> phone. Yeah. <laughs> I've certainly eaten a blackberry. Um, yes, I did have a, yeah. Okay. So do you remember the transition from, cause I know you have an iPhone now. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the transition that people went from blackberries to iPhones and some people, myself were very resistant towards getting uh, an iPhone. I was like, when a new BlackBerry came out, when iPhones had already been out, I was getting a new one. And people were like, oh my God, why are you throwing? Like, they're like, what are you doing? This is a sinking ship, bro. Like, what are you doing? And a friend of mine, we were having this conversation one day and she hit me with, she goes, Dan, like, no, you got to let that go. Like, no more black, no more BlackBerry energy. And I was like, (laughs) Oh, true. And what that translates, like what that translates to is like, let go of the things that no longer serve you. Like they don't Absolutely. serve you anymore. Like it's okay to let that go. Stop holding on to something that is busted up, bro. It ain't, yeah. it ain't doing what it's supposed to be doing. It's giving you more grief than it is joy. Like no more BlackBerry energy, bro. Like it's, it's okay. Although BBM was fire. Oh, is that what it's B- called? Yeah, that was, BBM that was fun. Was legendary. Oh, that was, it was oh. and I thought it was safe for, for for women, especially because you didn't have to give a dude your number and he couldn't call you on it. Yeah, like, true. He couldn't call you on it. Like you got your BBM, you were safe. It was just yeah. this, Ooh, and there was, there was no way for a guy to like stalk you because like buddy didn't have your phone number. You just give him your BBM, you give him your pin. Super true. I know. <laughs> so yeah, that would that would be a hard one to let go of, of course. But <laughs> the oh. iPhones are beast. Oh man! But yeah, I so love like, it. That's, that's a really yeah. good idea. That's a really yeah. good idea. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. a whole episode I could do on the dumb shit my friends have said, <laughs> but I'll start. I'll start recording the good shit too. Yeah. Um. Okay. So last question for you, and then we'll wrap this beautiful yeah. episode up. What is the greatest loss you have ever endured and how did you cope with it? The greatest loss I've ever endured, you know, and how did I cope with it? You know, 
I could easily say, you know, you know, you know what? It's an obvious one, but not for the reasons that you would think. Oh shit, I might get emotional on this one. Um, Good, let it out. Losing my ability to walk was something that happened before I understood something about myself was that I am a very, you know, when love languages came out, like the understanding yeah. of love languages. Yes. I did not know at the time that physical touch was my uh, love language. I love hugs um, for obvious reasons. COVID was very tough for me in that regard. Um, but touching people, holding hands, caressing someone, cuddling, like, you know, sex is great, but like, oh my God, pillow talk for me is like mm -hmm. the shit, man. Like, I love that stuff. Um, but before, I didn't know that about myself. And so losing losing that about me, about my, you know, losing that capability losing that privilege to walk and, you know, open my hands fully and, you know, hold things and hold someone. It is a loss that I've continued to have to grieve because it's never one that I've, like I said, it's not transactional. It's not one that I said, Oh, I'm, I'm over it. I'm good to go. It is one that I continuously have to engage with and, you know, remind myself. Um, so I try to find different ways of engaging, um, um that of coping with that with that loss and and how i do it is um is with words that is how and why i am the way i am when it comes to my words i try to be as expressive and i try to get to a certain depth in my conversations i try to go somewhere within conversations because that physical connection that I am lacking, have been lacking, is something that I always miss. Um, I love being held. I love holding people. Um, I love touching people. But because I don't have that anymore, or not, 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 not anymore, but to that capacity, right? Um, it is something that um, um, I like being able to comfort people with the words that I speak. And Damn. the powerfulness of those words. So it, it's, it, it's, I try to find words to touch people almost as if like I wow. was having them. <laughs> Damn, that's, that's very heartbreaking, but very beautiful. You always put a beautiful spin on everything. I feel like you're the master of turning your pain into power. And that's one of the things I admire so much about you. Thank Because you. you're like, mm, I'll never quit. No, I'll always I, come out on top, you know. Yeah, I was I was born on top, bro. I was I was yeah. born, I was born on top. <laughs> Same. top. Literally, actually, because uh, when my mom had a C section <laughs> and I'm a twin, so I was I was born on top. My mom, I I came out first, so yeah, I was. I was That's born. hilarious. <laughs> you were literally born on top. I was literally, I was literally born on top. <laughs> That's Oopsie. beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that you did today. Thank you for being so authentic. Thank you for being you. That's why we all love and care about you and look up to you as much as we do. Oh, but <laughs> we talked about this. I was like, you know, when you when you hype someone, it's like, oh uh, yeah, you know, you. Yeah. And I'm Are no, you blushing? Always, always, always. <laughs> you just can't tell. You can't tell. <laughs> oh yeah, for your listeners, yeah, I'm black, by the way. <laughs> 
surprise. Oh, I shit. love it. Oh, I God. love it. Oh, Dan, you're the best. You're the fucking best. Um, this was really amazing to make. This was, you were a wonderful first guest. This has been so much fun. We're over two hours recording. Oh, fuck off, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's oh, beautiful. Jokes. Yes. Well, my God, thank you for having me. Um, you know, stop by anytime or, you know, please like let, let me stop by anytime. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, please. Absolutely. I'll let you know if I'm ever in your neighborhood too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks again. And, uh, yeah, yeah to your listeners. Dan. You know, do your thing. Keep on swinging out there. And, uh, yeah, yeah. No more, no more, no more Blackberry energy, anybody. Nobody. <laughs> so funny i'm still dead that i thought you meant the fucking fruit i'm like yeah i've had a blackberry <laughs> yeah. yeah bro those have lots of those eat those oh my goodness eat those oh, absolutely and for any of the listeners that want to find your social media and follow along with your journey do you want to drop how they yeah can? um so you can follow me at uh, dj edwards 03 you can follow uh dan and dan our podcast yes his name is also dan uh mm-hmm. we are uh coffin over comfort zone uh you can listen to our podcast on any uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, definitely go check out um, Alyssa's episode. Um, I don't know which number it is, but it is one of our uncomfortable conversations. Uh, we, you know, have guests on and, you know, talk about real shit. So um, go listen to Alyssa's episode and then, you know, you know, come check out this one. And then, you know, if you just obviously you're finishing this one, you can jump over and see, <laughs> see, see yeah. that one. Right. So I'm actually like trying to pull up which one it was. Oh, which number it was just yeah, to can't. help them find it but oh geez yeah you can yeah let the uh let them know oh. but, um episode 25 i think there, yeah episode 25 go. there you go yeah the uncomfortable community unless yes. you mindful mode. yeah it's it's interesting because to listen yeah you should always listen to that one first because it's just where I was at in my life two years ago, but it's interesting to see it come full circle and now picking up the pieces from where my life was at that point. Very hmm. fascinating. Yes. But yeah, yes. thank you so much, Dan, and enjoy the rest of your day, however you choose to spend it. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I loved having you. If you wish to support this podcast, please follow us so you never miss an episode. You can also find us on social media at Full Minded Podcast. Once a month, I will do an episode where I answer questions that have been sent in. Please visit our website at www.fullmindedpodcast.com to submit all your questions. If you wish to be a guest on this podcast, please fill out the form on our website to apply. Your continued support means the world, so thank you again for taking the time out of your day to tune into Full Minded with Elisabetta. Until next time, be kind to yourselves and remember that there is power in owning our imperfect and messy lives. It's all a part of the human experience and you're not alone in it.